One of the things I've always loved buying is CDs for family members, that kind of thing. Maybe the odd Blu-ray. Apparently that's out. <laughs> Joining us on the show is Alan Cross, music historian and host of the Ongoing History of New Music. Hey, Alan, how you doing? I'm okay. Um, I, I, I finished my Christmas shopping. Oh, oh you're kidding me. I no, thought I'm I sorry. thought it was I thought it was leading edge here. Okay, I'm uh, I'm a traitor to my gender. <laughs> well, CDs, uh, man, you watch these things. I remember when CDs came out. That's how old I am, and it was just revolutionary. But are we getting to the end of compact discs, Alan? Well, it's very possible. They were introduced in late 1982. We in North America got them in 1983. And for the next uh, 18 years, they drove the music industry. Uh, billions upon billions of them were sold, and money flowed like water. But with the rise of Napster, and streaming, uh, the CD doesn't seem to be the big bargain that it used to be, or it certainly isn't the kind of audio that once was the best we could ever experience. When they first appeared in, in the early 80s, we were very, very tired of vinyl because at that point, the quality of vinyl records was terrible. Right. Uh, we, we were using recycled vinyl uh, with all kinds of impurities that led to all kinds of surface noise and pops and clicks, and they were easy to scratch, and you know, vinyl had gone down from being um, you know, a, a nice heavy piece of plastic in your hands to something very flippery and flubbery that was just... So we couldn't wait to get rid of vinyl. CDs proved to be the thing that we were looking for, something that was uh, that promised perfect sound forever. And it did, until technology began to catch up. First of all, it was convenience and access yep. that we got yep. through streaming and iTunes and all that, which, which trumped the, the necessity of having to go out and buy a CD. Uh, now, but, but but we were also told that, well, you know, the, the, the best sound, the best audio quality that you're going to get for your music is still with a compact disc. Well, that's not the case anymore <laughs> because a lot of the streaming services have upped their game when it comes to the resolution quality of the stream uh, so that they're actually, some of them are sound better than CDs. Yeah, and with all the new tools that we have, I just bought some new earbuds I was talking earlier this week. I bought some Bose, and the sound through those things on streaming is spectacular, as would be Sony or any of the bigger names, right? There's so many there's so many good products out there to listen to the music. I used to think it was all just about the compact disc, and now I realize that there's other ways of getting great-sounding music right to my ears. Yeah, right, and if you're using wireless uh, earbuds, you're still not getting the maximum amount out of your screen because yeah. Bluetooth has a very limited bandwidth and it cannot transmit the highest quality audio streams that are out there from companies like Tidal, Amazon Music, Apple, uh, and, and a few others. Um, you need to you need a wire. You need to you know plug those things into uh, your your actual phone for for maximum fidelity. But even without that, you're still getting the maximum amount of audio quality with a Bluetooth connection, which is far better than an MP3, and is is approaching or at least equal to that of a compact disc. 
It's funny because I was reading an article, oh man, this is probably around six months ago, talking about, I'll use podcasts as an example along with music on some of the streaming services like Apple and, and Spotify, whatever. And they said that they think people's interest in having the absolute best sound it has taken second spot behind the message or the, the actual song. Do you buy that? I do. Okay. I, I really do. I mean, back, if you grew up in the 1970s and early 1980s, <laughs> the whole thing was you had, had to have a stereo system that was the loudest, clearest, most accurate that you could possibly get. Mm -hmm. And then that eventually applied to car stereos. But again, when we move into the era post-Napster, it's all about convenience. And not we really didn't care that uh, the music didn't sound as good because, well, we were listening on crappy headphones or crappy earbuds. We didn't really notice. It's kind of like watching um, uh, an unrestored version of Star Trek. When Star Trek was first made back in the 1960s, we were watching it on a 4x3 cathode ray tube, which was hard the greatest resolution video experience that we have. Yeah. So now when you watch one of those unrestored uh, Star Trek episodes, and most of them have been restored, but the unrestored ones, you see exactly the garbage <laughs> that we that we put up with because we didn't know any better. We didn't see it. It's the same with, with uh, MP3s and the old earbuds and headphones that we the thing that I'm so fascinated about is the, this interest in, in vinyl, for example, and it is with like a 17-year-old at our house. It's just, hey, this vinyl thing is just sensational. And, and I kind of roll my eyes thinking, been there, done that, and I hated having to bump the record player because it was skipping. And, and I, I, I just jumped on board with CDs so quickly, but it just seems that things start to cycle through now. And I, I, I'm highly entertained by it, but I just wonder if CDs will ever really go away. What do you think? I don't think they will, but then we said that about the 78 RPM record yeah. for 50, 50 years. Um, if we look at sales to date here in Canada, uh, we've sold about 1.6 million CDs, that's it, but we've sold about 1.1 million pieces of brand new vinyl. Uh, that gap is getting narrower and narrower and narrower every year. In fact, right now, because vinyl costs more, uh, we're actually seeing the industry in Canada derive more revenue from vinyl than they are from CDs. But, uh, you know, it takes a very long time for a format to die. I mean, it took the 78 RPM record. Well, uh, the LP, the vinyl LP was introduced in 1978, or 1948. The uh, 45 was introduced in 1949. Um, the 78s were being produced until at least 1960. So there was there was a dozen years there for that it needed, it took to die. Uh, now, the 78 was, was far inferior to what we have with the CD, but uh, you know, it all depends on, on what the next generation... It depends on what your 17-year-old and everybody who's coming after that person is going to uh, is going to want when it comes to consuming music. Hey, if it's cool, it's cool. It's cool, right? That's right. So yeah. it's funny you talk about the 78s. My dad used to have a ton of them when I was growing up as a kid, and I swear, if you were to ever to take that 78 and go to... I'm not saying this happened at our place, but try to hit my sister over the head with that thing. That's like a hard plate. Those things were just, they were almost indestructible, those things. Well, the later ones were. The early ones were made with a combination of shellac, 
uh, cotton fibers and limestone dust. And they were actually uh, as, as fragile as China, but they got, they got better as time went along. Yes, I'm not saying that ever happened, but I'm just saying no. if, you were to, if that was to happen, I just want to make yes. that perfectly clear. Okay, so a CD or uh, anything like that, I, I did laugh about Blu-rays because I thought that was going to be the big thing for the longest time, and now it's just look at how the world's changed in terms of that. But CDs, so is it, is it still a good Christmas gift or just no, don't, don't go there? Depends on what you who you're buying it for. Okay. It really does. You know, and hey, if, is is the person you're buying it for do they have a CD player in their car? Check. Yeah. You'd be surprised oh, hey. how many recent vehicles are not coming with CD players as standard equipment anymore. See, my my vehicle's about five or six years old, but and it has a CD player. But it's just I can record everything off of those CDs into the system, so it's not that bad. I only have to put the CD in once. And it stays digitally in the player. So I, hey, but that's a great thing. I'd be watching out for that. So yeah, I uh, my wife's uh, Honda CRV. Nope, sorry, nothing, yeah, nothing of a sort. So while we talk about the end of the CD, it always seems like it. Everything seems to come back at some point. So I guess if you love it, don't fret. If you love it, don't fret. I mean, it is, you know, the album and the CD are still currencies of the music industry. Yeah. Um, it, no one has decided to uh, stop manufacturing them just yet. But uh, it's, it is something to watch. Like I say, the number of units being sold every year is going down year after year after year. So... Until everything there is a season, so we'll we'll see what happens. The the only thing is, I mean, we we saw you know cassettes have died, mm-hmm. uh, eight tracks have died, the seventy eight has died. Um, oddly enough, the, the one of the you know the vinyl record, which like I said was introduced in nineteen forty eight and nineteen forty nine, it it was dead too, until it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Hey, thanks for your time today. Always great, uh, and uh, it's all, it's, to me it's a fun topic because it's everything's always changing. So uh, we thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. All right, there you go, Alan Cross, music historian and host of the Ongoing History of New Music.